The Braving Business Podcast is brought to you by, well, me. I'm PJ Benoit and have been in the domestic and international logistics and transportation field for over three decades. Are you looking to ship literally anything, direct to consumer or business to business, small package, pallet and freight, truckload, international air and ocean, warehousing and distribution, and so much more? Let's connect. Go to shipwithpj.com to learn more. That's shipwithpj.com. And now for the show. Well, hello there. Hello there, PJ. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. What's How up, PJ? Doing? Well, hello there, sir. And I have to call you sir, right? I have to call you sir. You can call of me sir. You, you can call, call me sir. less. Whatever you call me. It's you good. call him sir, PJ. It's legally. <laughs> like, I don't want to get in trouble. You don't, want, you don't good, want me man. dropping and giving anybody 50. That's it. You're good. <laughs> I'd like to see you drop and give 50. I mean, yeah, it would probably take how, how many, how many, how many starts and stops would you have to give a 50 pushup? Do you think? <sighs> you know what? 10 years ago, uh, none. Like, really? Yeah. Wow. No worries. Uh, now, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> okay. How about you? How about you, Les? How, how many if, to do 50 pushups? Can you still do 50 without having, without stopping? Uh, on a good day? Probably. Yes. I probably, yeah. uh, um, on a, on a normal day, probably two times, two stops. Two stops. Facts okay. of one stop. One stop. One stop. One set forty nine, and then one just to make it as deep as possible. No. 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 <laughs> uh, Remember, I'm I retired think... from the army. It's it's stuff yeah. I I need to do and that I want to do. But I don't have to do. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, you go. I I want to say that I think I could do it in one, but um, I I believe it's I believe I couldn't. I think I'd probably be able to get to about thirty. 233 and then okay. my arms will give out and then i could probably give give us another 18 but you know what after the podcast i'm going to try and we'll put okay. it in the show notes so if people are interested Whoa. in how many push-ups i can do Jeez. it'll be in the show notes well so now you're going to cause me after i get off of this is go knock them out and i'll send you a picture of the number that is a great <laughs> idea i think we should do that in fact you know what let's do this um you and i are both going to do as many as we can okay, okay. and uh we're, we're not going to say the number but we're going to let 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 our listeners and our viewers okay send a note. You can go to our website, bravingbusiness.com, and just send us a note there and guess how many push-ups each of us did or which one of us did more, okay? Less or myself. And the winner will get a prize. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be a oh prize. Oh my gosh. Is that what it is now? It's always it it's always it's gotta be something. Stuff. If you don't give yes. something, if you don't give something, you're not you're just not gonna get the response. That's how yeah. PJ, shall we introduce our guest? I'm sure, people are on. Pins and needles well, to know who it is. Uh, well, they are. They are. Well, I do. I, I of course, I want to introduce him. He's he's an amazing gentleman. Um, he wanted us to to say that he's just an average guy from Atlanta, which um, is not going to fly, sir. Um, because you know he just wanted to say that he was a, a humble guy who was just blessed to serve in the army for thirty. He is a humble years. guy. That, he, he is actually a humble he guy. Is. That's that's not yeah. a that's not a lie. Um. But you know, he's just like he's he's very down to earth. You know, just thirty five years, just finishing as the inspector general, no big deal, no big deal. But for us common folk, let's uh, let's delve in a little bit as to who this gentleman is. He is three star general Leslie C. Smith, who is the most recent former inspector general of the U.S. Army. General Smith currently is the vice president of leadership and education for the Association of the U.S. Army and serves on several corporate boards, including 
Tall's, one of Tall's startups, Our Love Company, um, which that's how I met Tall. He is also That's the, how I met Les. There that's you right. go. Look at that. Yeah. See? Mm-hmm. Uh, R.Love, just connecting everyone in more ways than, than we could have conceived. Uh, he is also the Carter Chair of, for Leadership at his alma mater, Georgia State Southern University. <clears throat> Excuse me. General Smith's list of assignments are far too long for me to recite. However, there are among those assignments uh, some notable ones. He was, uh, they're all notable, but the most notable ones. He was command of the 83rd Chemical Battalion, a battalion which saw action in several operations, including opera, uh, Operation Enduring Freedom, Iraqi Freedom, and New Dawn. He served as the chief of the nuclear, um, biological, and chemical branch. Came Les, the, do you say nu- nuclear or nuclear? I've always, you know, nuclear. With, nuclear. I say nuclear, nuclear too, PJ. Yeah, PJ, get it right. It's nuclear. It's, it's all George good. W. Bush would say nuclear, but but he got it wrong. PJ, you can say where are you from, PJ? Uh, my mom. So I was originally I, I, born I, in Florida, <laughs> and I've lived everywhere. Okay. But, what would you say you are, northern or southern, eastern, western? Which, what are you? I, I'm more confused. I've lived in the Midwest for most of, I guess, most of my adulthood. Okay. All right. So you're a Midwesterner. So yes, that's sir. okay. He can say that. He's a Midwesterner. He can say nuclear. Okay, go yes. ahead. Sorry, yes. BJ. Keep going. I apologize. Here's, a, here's the best part. You guys are correcting me. I still don't hear it. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't. Uh, becoming the 25th Chief of Chemical and Commandant of the U.S. Army Chemical, Biological, Radiological, and Nuclear School. Uh, serving right. as a commanding officer of the 20th Support Command, becoming the first chemical officer to serve as a commanding general of the US, United States Maneuver Support Center of, uh, for Excellence, and, as mentioned earlier, ending his career as the 66th Inspector General of the U.S. Army. Uh, it's, it's kind of amazing. His, um, his awards and decorations include Distinguished Service Medal, Legion Please of Merit. Please don't them all. Don't leave them all. all right. We're going to read some of them. They're, okay. Actually, they're not, they're not all there, believe okay. it or not. But right. Read Definitely. the one I, that are on there. Okay. okay. Uh, Distinguished Service Medal, Legion of Merit, Bronze Star Medal, Defense Meritorious Service Medal, Mer- Meritorious Service Medal, Army Commendation Medal, Joint Service Achievement Medal, Senior Parachutist Badge, and both the Joint and Army Staff Identification Badges. General Smith. I, I, only, have, I only have a few of these. How about you, PJ? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me count. They're in my closet. I got to. Okay. After the show, after the show, I'll be back. That, that'll more be stuff that, that we'll I put in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. So hold on now. How many years, PJ, for you? How many years? A service. Uh, in the military? Yeah. Does that count sea cadets? Yeah. Uh, sea cadets in I, three. Three years. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Just yeah, sea cadets. That was I didn't it. know no, that. That's good. Did you know I mean, that? Yeah. I did not actually. Okay, look um, at that. I, I thought he was going to ask how many years of service to like his wife, you know, like that. No. I was expecting him to. <laughs> that's not, but. that's servitude. That's a whole other thing. No, no, I'm leaving that one alone. Step away, <laughs> step away. Step gladly, away. gladly in servitude. Yeah. Um, yeah. General Smith also holds a Master of Science degree in administration from Central Michigan University, a Master of Arts degree in National Security Strategy from the National Defense University. And on a personal front, which I'm always interested in hearing more about general Smith and his wonderful wife of nearly 40 years, uh, Venedra have raised two incredible daughters. So general Smith, normally we say, you know, it's a great honor to have you on this show, but truly it's a privilege <laughs> to have you on this show. You most Thanks, humble and wonderful man. Welcome to 
the Braving Business Podcast. Thank you, PJ. I'm happy to be here. Well, my friend, my colleague, and someone I admire greatly, General Smith, he and I met under auspicious circumstances. You want to know who we met, PJ? We Absolutely. met on a plane ride. Aww. On a plane ride. Yeah. yeah. We sat next to each other. We started talking. Who broke uh, the ice? Talking. Yeah. And who, who broke we haven't the stopped ice? since. Um, I, you know, I, I think know. he did. I think you did because you were intimidating. I mean, so here a man comes on the plane, right? He is a hawking human being. Um, and you could tell he's somebody. I, I mean, I didn't know who he was, but I'm like, this guy's somebody, right? And he had a, uh, I think he had an army. Uh, it was, this was during COVID. So I think he had an army uh, mask on. And I had a Navy mask on because, you know, my daughter's in the Navy. And I think the question he asked me was something related to that. I think that's what, that's what broke the ice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the most innocent and innocuous questions that can create lifelong friendships. It's wonderful. And it has. Yeah. So um, let's get started. General Smith, um, you know, I thought it was funny. Uh, Literally, he referred to himself in, in his uh, interview questionnaire as just an average guy from Atlanta, Georgia, which I think is uh, funny. (laughs) <laughs> obviously your extensive career tells somewhat of a different story. Uh, I'd love to, for you to talk about your upbringing. Obviously I know your mom, Lily was a, you know, is a huge inspiration to you. She raised you and your siblings, your dad passed an early age. I think you were five. Yeah. Um, talk to us about how, you know, your mom and, and her work ethic and, you know, just all you, all of you guys have been unbelievably accomplished. You and your That's siblings. Right. Yeah. Um, how has she influenced your path in life? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, we're going to talk about this, follow-on questions, but the village is so important, you know, so she, she, she didn't just talk about what things were expected. She did it herself. So the strategic decision to, to first keep us in Mississippi, uh, was so critical because I mean, keep us out of Mississippi and stay in Atlanta was so critical because we had, we were exposed to the arts. We were exposed to, you know, grow up in the kids in 1960s and 70s to everything that was going on in the city at the time. You know, the other thing that's interesting is um, that village of, of going back to Mississippi in the summers to see who we were. So it's always important for young people to know who they are and where they come from so they know where they can go. And so I, I really think that village thing is so important, especially today. I a thousand percent agree. My uh, My mom brought us up as well from, a you know, being a single parent and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we live born, I was born and raised in Florida. And so that's where we were living, but she was born and raised in Hawaii. And so she would, you said it correctly. Yeah. See that I can say correctly because I'm part Hawaiian. So yeah. Okay. Nice. Thank you. Um, so you're obviously not part nuclear, although you have, I think nuclear (laughs) elements. Uh, Okay. Come on. Come on. We we need, Uh, come on. uh, Give PJ a break. We knew way more about science than Mm. we actually did. It's true. I am, I am composed (laughs) mostly of water vapor. So don't worry. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So we used to go back and, uh, just see all of her family and showing, showing the roots, showing, you know, where you came from, what, what your life experiences was. I used to walk down this street that it just, that context is invaluable. You know, I, I think it's important, you know, as a, a young person, but especially a young man to know where you come from and w- wherever that is, that is from, then it gives you grounding of who you are. Then it allows you to tell you where you're going to go. Yep. If you don't know where you come from, then what any road can get yeah, you there. Exactly. That is, that is so cool. So, um, when you are, you've done, first of all, you've done so much. Like when you're wearing it, when you were wearing a uniform, how yeah. big 
like was it both chests just filled with <laughs> just filled with ribbons and, and medals? You, hey, so PJ, you can Google me, man. So just tell your <laughs> listeners they can Google uh Lieutenant General Leslie Smith and it's still out there. I, I'm not too that far retired that you can't see my my stuff on my chest. But yeah, it's it's uh it's it's humbling. And it has to do with the positions that you're in, but also the the army, you you get raised in the army, you get reared in the army. So you don't just pop in as a three star. You start as a young, young officer, uh, where we went to school at Georgia Southern and come into the army and just have fun until you go off to do something else. Did you start at ROTC? I did. Uh, Georgia Southern University. That's another story in itself. You got time to tell it? Of yeah. course you do. It's a okay. podcast. Great. We have no limits on time. Oh, no, no limits. This we might be a three no limits. Three, three serious podcast. <laughs> three part interview. We could, yeah, we three could part Joe interview. Rogan this so, so here's the, so, so I, this village thing is important. And we're going to come back and forth to that a couple of times. So I'm a senior in high school. This is April or May of the year you graduated. You know, I suppose to no know I'm going to school, right? It, it wasn't as much pressure on us growing up as it is today with, with kids. So my RTC instructor says, hey, Cadet Smith, what do you want to do? Well, I want to be a business guy. He says, why don't you join the Georgia National Guard? I'm like, oh, okay. And then the second part that was so key to that, a good friend of mine had a cousin at Georgia Southern. So I'm I'm from Atlanta. Anything south of Macon was the country. Okay. Like really country. <laughs> so we we went down there and the ROTC program was just starting up since World War II. So they needed cadets. So the ROTC instructor said, I got a deal for you. I'm going to make you a lieutenant in two years. How can I, you do that? Because you're going to join the Georgia Army National Guard. Think about that. So they're they're moving you on. They're they're they're, they're yes. bringing you in. They're br- but but not only that. What so the decision up. of to go to a school that I didn't know existed, to be in a place, you know, to do a job that I didn't know it had to come later. Even though I thought I was going to do the military because my dad was in the military, my sister, brother cousins and uncles, many served in the military, but I didn't know that was going to be my route. I knew I was going to go to college. And of course, that's what I'm ever needed too. So it's like, whoa, whoa, okay. It's amazing how, I mean, look, you, you could look at it in two ways. You can say it's luck, or you can say no. it's fate. I, yeah. I believe in fate. So uh, to me, that that's the journey you're supposed to travel. I, I, can I change that? Somebody can needed to get that? you there. Sure you can. It's, I won't call it fate. I call it a blessing. Well, so fate sometimes can be perceived as negative. So mm-hmm. the blessings that That's we true. receive are the opportunities that we can go move forward. The question is, are we ready to accept the blessing that we receive every day? Hmm. So oh. think about us meeting on the plane. That yeah. was a blessing. That wasn't love. I that agree. Is, that is all right. There's another T-shirt that's going to be made off of this. Oh, I love it. I'm you know, charge we, I mean, you for that one, man. I'm going to charge you. <laughs> I don't know. I, you you obviously didn't read the uh, the small prints on the. Oh, that's thing okay. You signed. That's okay. Hey, you get me now. I get you later. How about that? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, let's talk about transitioning. I mean, obviously, the military sure. was, you know, uh, uh, the the vast majority of your life, and uh, and you and I met while you were still serving. Uh, in fact, I had the incredible honor of, of being there for your retirement ceremony. What'd you think of that? Um, it was incredible. Tell, um, t- tell us more wow, about the that. pageantry. Yeah, tell us. Tell us. Well, geez, more about I mean, you're that. talking about a full yeah, arena. Not, I mean, this was a yeah, full t- arena t- t- with yeah. with like a thousand people, maybe more. Uh, honor guard, uh, all the top brass of the military. Obviously, his wife and children, his mother, friends, family. Um, uh, it was just incredible. I mean, it was a whole the pageantry of it was was 
amazing. Uh, I, and I'd never been to, to anything like that. And we needed, we needed security clearance to get on the base. And it was, you know, um, yeah, <laughs> Not quite. Was, it just they, had to do a background on? check on you, man. Well, background check. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Boy, yeah. and military, I somehow I passed. I, I was going to say military happened. must be getting lax. Jeez, no, yeah, they, 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 on. I, they sent me the name. I said, "Oh, go ahead, let let Talon let that yes, guy in." Right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so uh, back to the question. Yeah. Um, so, moving from from the military career to where you are now, where you're you're both on the advocacy side, you're in the business world, you're sitting on some some big boards, uh, some smaller boards. Yeah. Uh, and moving from a position of having such enormous authority in an, in an institution that's very much top down mm-hmm. to the business world, um, it, I would imagine it's not as easy people might think. That people might think, oh, he's a big general, he knows, that just, what's the big deal? Talk to us about that. What were some of the obstacles you faced making this transition? Uh, did you feel anything like imposter syndrome, right? Did you feel like, man, I don't need, I don't know that I belong. I don't know that I can do this. Or did you just feel like I got this? <laughs> yeah. Well, remember the village, the village occurs inside the family and outside your immediate family. So as soon as I made my third star, I had a, uh, someone that I admired, one of our mentors, and that's something for your listeners, you know, find a mentor, somebody who's not going to tell you exactly what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And he said, look, General, you're going to transition different than everybody else. And we know in business, it takes three to five years for you to get start getting to the places where you want to go. So uh, the day and the month or so after I I made the third star, he said, you need to start a transition out. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't have time. He said, yes, you do. And yes, you will. Uh, and what it caused me to do, it caused me to think differently about the things that we're doing. Didn't change in the decisions that I made, but you have to transition out because what that does is it frees the people that are watching you transition. If you do it well, it allows them to do it well. So if you run through the tape, like I see so many peers do, and then they look at, well, what am I going to do next? Yeah. So so your family's trying to figure out where are you going to live? Uh, what, what are you going to do, dad? Uh, and you owe it to them to what those things are. And oh, by the way, the same things that you use in the military, the same skills, knowledge, skills, and attributes are what is needed in corporate America. And I didn't know that at first, but the more I interact, the more I learn that it is the same. Trust is the same. Risk is the same. Vision is the same. Again, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> well, is I it, love it. It's, it's not... I'm trying to think here. The military, though, yes, there's there's a lot of correlation. There's a lot of 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 um, blurring of the lines there. In you cannot to- call a a bombing on your on your corporate adversaries uh, the way you can That's call correct. a bombing but- on your military. Adversaries. Yeah, but you can't you can't just bomb bomb your your buddies if you want to. Uh, and 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 in the military, but how you do it is by you. You co-opt them via how you operate. You co-opt them about being a great team player. You co-opt them by providing them a vision for the things that you want to do. Mm. You co-opt them with uh, helping them succeed too. Nice. And that's that's how that's because people think we're competing against each other. We're really competing against the standard. And if if you're my competitor, if I think you're my competitor in the company, if I help you succeed, that means the company succeed. And then we both do well. And I'm really not competing against you. Hmm. That's a that's a beautiful way of looking at things, really. All right, because yeah. competition. So people see business as so cutthroat, and so yeah. um, 
you know, I have to step on someone in order to get ahead. And uh, yeah. no, that's a, that's a refreshing thing. In fact, well, I, I think it's, de that's definitely changing, particularly within cultures, right? I mean, I think, you know, uh, even I, I actually agree with General Smith, the competition, the old school competition that you saw in, you know, maybe movies in the eighties, right. Where it, it literally is a all out warfare. Yeah. There's some of that, but, but it's, 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 it's not as common. I think nowadays it's more, you know, you compete, but within uh, an organization, uh, it, it has, I, I, I've seen a move towards more collaboration, a lot less, you know, intense competition among, uh, departments and people. It just still exists, but less so. Mm. That's good. Very cool. So you, you've provided a statement to us, which was develop a plan, share yeah. it with key people. Don't be afraid mm -hmm. to ask thoughtful questions and take time to think. And that, you know, we, we kind of see that as, as a truly a very universal blueprint for success. Um, and uh, since you signed the, you know, the small writing on the paper, we're going to use that as a t-shirt as well. Um, but thank you, Les. <laughs> it is big for you, Tom. That's a lot. That's a, that's a <laughs> lot of words on a t-shirt. But anyway, um, could you share a story from your journey where, you kind of, you know, came up with this coinage and, and how it was helpful in navigating a challenge. Yeah. I, I stole it from somebody else. I didn't steal <laughs> it. It's a uh, share ideas freely and, and steal ideas judiciously. So one of my, uh, my <laughs> bosses, General that Dempsey, it's true. That's right. General Dempsey was a trade training and doctor command commander responsible for all the training, uh, across uh, our army. Uh, and so he brought us in. We did this thing called a SWOT analysis, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and developed a strategic plan. We all knew where he wanted to go, but he involved every leader from one star up to say, hey, you, commandant, hey, you, commander, you have input to this. I want to hear what your input was. Okay. And so I was like, wow, this is brilliant. This guy's a four star. He's busy, but he's taking the time to show us, give us the vision. Give us the time to work on it and then ask the questions to get the feedback needed to develop and refine the plan. Because it could be something that he doesn't see. So since that time frame, I've taken that same concept to every other organization that I've been to help speak to what that strategic plan is. And I will tell you, if we do it in business, it helps with culture. It helps when people know where they want, where they're going. And, you know, I, I've talked, you know, I could talk about, I've seen, uh, different organizations. I've seen the organization my daughter, my oldest works in now. I can tell which one has a good culture. I can tell which one has a good vision because how they interact, how they operate, how they treat their people. And I saw it as the IG too, as the inspector general. It's the same thing. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, and adversity, I mean, obviously this podcast is about overcoming adversity and, yeah. uh, and you've overcome your fair share. Um, losing your dad when you were very young uh, for one thing. And obviously, being in the military and in 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 theaters of war, all the way to um, to the halls of Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me about why expecting adversity is actually uh, important. Actually, expecting it and yeah. building resilience from a place of expecting it. Um, and um, how how is the expectation of adversity something that's shaped the way you lead? Yeah. I, you know, I think uh, the, as you mentioned, um, seeing the things that happen to you in your life, everyone's going to fail and everyone's going to have to deal with adversity. The question is how you 
take what happens and, and go forward. You know, it's five percent of what happens to you, ninety-five percent of what you do when you respond to that situation. So I saw it at a young age. I mean, think I can tell you about my mom, that strategic decision. I did tell you guys, she sent us all to private elementary school. How did she do that? I don't know. I mean, it helped a little bit that we weren't all there at the same time, but making that strategic decision to do that. We went to Frederick Douglass High School in Atlanta, which is like the number one school in the city. This happens to be where we were living. We live in an apartment. Right next to it was the church that we became members of. So either I was in school, at church with the scouts or something else, or at home. You know, so it was it was about that village. So so she was smart to put those things in place and always get us involved in what things, uh, the different activities that are out there. You know, the um, the the computer or the the uh, iPhone is is good for some things. A lot of things is not good. Uh, what they yeah. need to do. So we need just need to involve folks. And then the other part too is that we grownups have to make it okay for kids to fail. We got to make it okay for, for people to deal with adverse situations. It's just stuff saying, oh, no, my kids got to have an A. No, if they didn't get A work, they should have a C and just recover from it. Mm-hmm. The other part I will tell you, in the military, we stood up this thing called a Ready and Resilience Team, and now it's called Holistic Health and Fitness. And it's interesting because it's about how you hunt for good things. It's called hunt the good stuff, right? And I have a premise of if you look for good things every day, you will find them. If you don't, you will find negative things. And that's what you would think about all the time. So the more you, you, you look for good things, that's what entrepreneurs do, right? They see options and opportunities that other people don't think. We both could be looking at the same thing, but an entrepreneur will take it and say, I see opportunity. When everybody, you gotta be kidding me. What? An opportunity out of this? So yeah, that's it. I think an, an, what an answer. I love it. Oh, it's great. <laughs> um, I, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs look at something and they say, well, I could do that. Yeah. Right. Just that, that's simple. Well, I could do it better. I mean, I think or, I could, you could do it better. Right. Right. <laughs> so you had another, uh, a great quote. Okay. A lot of t-shirts. Um, <laughs> a leader's presence only matters when he's present yeah. or, or she's present. Uh, yeah. makes it, it's, I just love high concept stuff. It just, it just makes total, total sense. How did you come up with this idea? What, what have you done? Who did you steal it from? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, hey, I didn't take that from anybody. That one is you. Oh, okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. This is an original. Make sure. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, how did you remain present? Right. When you were, when you were in various leadership positions, whether it's in the military mm-hmm. or business or even at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my wife, Vanidra would tell me, uh, I'm not always present, so so I can't I can't take credit for that all the time. <laughs> but 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 what I will tell you is that engagement, and I, I did learn this. I saw it demonstrated. I'll tell you a quick story. So Please. I'm taking command of the Army's only Kim Bio Rad Nuke High Yield Explosives Command. Could 5, you five hundred soldiers? Could you explain what that is? What what I, what I'm going to explain oh, to I'm you. I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. Chemical, biological, radiological, high-yield explosives com- comprise of all the Army's explosive ordnance disposal and weapons of mass destruction soldiers. 17 states, 19 installations, three to five countries, depending on what time of the year. So I'm coming into in command. It's up in Aberdeen. So the four-star general flies in. We pick him up. We have a little nice reception. 
and they're not going to go and say, hey, sir, it's time for the, the assumption of command because the previous general had left to go to another job. So I'm like, okay, great. This is, this is great. So I'm explaining to the general, general, uh, General Thurman, another one of my mentors. And, uh, and you know, we're talking going down and, and, and we're, we're walking down, you know, everybody wants to talk to the general. I'm like, sir, you know, we need to go ahead and start. He just asked every soldier, Hey, I'm JD Thurman. Where are you from? Because the soldier's like, Oh, I'm freaking out. And, but, and he shakes every kid's hand. And I said nothing else after that. And I was like, I got it. So every engagement, and this, this ties into corporate America too. Every engagement that you have with a person, especially if that person works for you, only is as important as you being present. The CEO's got millions of things going on, but the influence of the individual helps the organization. That's another one for you, PJ. And so I love it. I mean, I think because, so because if, if you're present in a situation, you deal with that right there. And here's what else you're doing. You're sending vision. You're talking vision without even talking about it by doing it. Right. And so and another little, little interesting tidbit. And I always tell the youngsters I'm teaching class at Georgia Southern is go ask the people who could do nothing for you. Like the people cleaning up or the people serving, you know, when you go eat today. Hey, how you doing? How was your weekend? And watch their face light up. And you don't do it just, oh, I'm just trying to be a good guy. Yeah, you are trying to be a good guy, but the point is it will change how you look at things. And the more we do that, the better we can achieve the outcomes that we're trying to get to. Because we all want the same thing. Our kids to do well, to be successful, and we could do that together. You know, it's I, 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 we just, uh, I don't know exactly when this episode will be released, but we released an episode today that uh, was an interview with uh, Alex West Steinman, who uh, was a uh, brilliant woman, uh, African American uh, mm -hmm. CEO who started a, uh, a, co a co working place for women and people in the LGBTQ community to feel more okay. safe. Yeah. And uh, in talking about some of what motivated her to do it, she shared with us that a big part of that was just the ability to see people, just see them. And there yeah. are no communities that don't count. There are no individuals that don't count. Everybody that's right. counts. That's right. And Everybody I think that's- Everybody has a plot. Yeah. Yes. 100% agree. So look, we, I, I know that one of the things that you're really keen on is is uh, is bringing more veterans into business. And, uh, you know, and you think that corporate America should be more proactive about it. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's not actually, it's not charity at all. It's the nope. results over charity. Yes. Talk about what you think unique attributes and skills that veterans bring to the table um, in a business setting, in particularly in the context of resilience and, and being able to overcome obstacles. Yeah. Well, I can give you an acronym. You know, we have a lot of those in the military. It's called leadership. It's called loyalty. It's called duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. So think about that. If I'm a CEO of a company and I can find somebody who has the, the knowledge, skills, and abilities, but on top of that, they have that. And on top of that, they know how to build trust in the organization. They have a spirit of core, spirit of the, of the organization. They know what a good steward is. And think about if, if you could package that up, how much would that be worth to a company? I think I asked, you know, I've asked business leaders this a lot. Because if somebody comes in, regardless of whatever level you go, you're hiring them in, they, they come ready-made. What is that worth? 60000 100000 200000 I think the higher you go, the more it's worth. But if you put them in the right places, more than just, you know, doing what we perceive as menial tasks, 
if you think about it, if I am a platoon sergeant, somebody, uh, sergeant first class in the army, uh, leaves at 20 years, he was in charge of, of a platoon with his lieutenant of 40 young men and women, probably uh, responsible for about five to $10 million worth of equipment, right? Responsible not only for the mission, but their lives. What is that worth? Think about that. And, and if they do, again, it's not, a, I want folks to understand it's not a charity case. It's about profit and loss. If I could hire a hundred percent, well, not probably, you need diversity of thought, diversity of background, but the more veterans that you put in your organization, the better that it helps you see, understand vision, all those things that you don't have to teach people again. And they know how to work together on a team. So I, 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 I agree with that. Um, obviously, I'm a military dad, so I'm a little biased. Uh, but I've seen my daughter who graduated James. from college, four-year yeah. college degree, yeah, then joined the Navy. She's now a petty officer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, she was always very disciplined and mm-hmm. um, someone that was self-driven. But her confidence and her ability to uh, see the big picture and communicate the big picture, it it elevated in, in ways, you know, um, that... I mean, as a father makes me so proud, as an American makes me so proud. Hi, Sophia. Dad loves you. Hey, Sophia. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, you know, so far, um, the one thing that you you haven't talked about, I, you, I haven't, I, I, I want to hear about your struggle, right? So you made the move from from the military to business. Yeah. So far, it's been a little bit of apple pie and, you know, uh, and puppies and in, in I've described it. <laughs> Tell me about how you felt inside. You took off the uniform. The stars are gone. You're putting on a suit. You're walking yeah. into the boardroom of, you know, a multi-billion dollar company whose board yeah. you sit on. How does it feel? Do you well, feel any vulnerability? Or are you? Uh, uh, well, so let me, let me be honest. I remember I told yeah. you about failing. It's okay to fail. It's okay to be afraid in a situation. Oh, by the way. You know, when I used to jump out of perfectly good airplanes, I have 51 jumps uh, stationed at Fort Bragg, now Fort Liberty. If you weren't afraid or respected what things were, there's a problem. So the respect was there and understanding what the role and responsibility and the part that you have to play uh, in the organization. And then I think as long as you stay humble and the things that you need to do, you'll focus on what you have to do. You focus on the preparation that you have to make. But the more you interact with folks, the more you realize like, oh, I'm in the right place. I am called to do this. It's not a job. And, and you know, there's a, we could talk about that too. Uh, some people are called to do a mission. The right thing is helping people, people in general, but especially young people, find what they're called to do, not just the job they do. Because if you find what you call, it's like it's not work. You can put that on a t-shirt too. Who cares? <laughs> Maybe a poster. That one a poster, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's like my, my whole wardrobe is is uh, three-star general's quotes. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but tell to ask, I mean, because yeah. it's it's I mean, it's I want people to understand that yeah, you're supposed to be uh fear is not the right word. You're supposed to be uh respectful of, humble by um understanding. But why is it, why isn't it? fear the right word? I mean, sometimes we are it's just not afraid. Fear. I mean, fe- fear is actually the root of a lot of things, you know, I'm, I'm reading an incredible book right now called letting go. And, uh, right. it said that ultimately almost everything in our lives is rooted in two things, fear, actually fear of fear of survival, uh, and the desire to be happy, right? So those two yeah. things are ultimately will motivate us to do almost everything or anything. Um, well, how about and, I, I change this? I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't, 
I don't believe in the spirit of fear, but I believe okay. that I've been, I have the power, uh, and love and a strong mind that I have the ability to do it because I've been prepared for the point to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Fear is a, is a, in my viewpoint, is a negative reaction to something that you have the ability to be positive from. So yes, yeah, some people might say it's fear. I'll say, yep, this is a tough situation, but I have the ability to do it because I've been prepared for doing it. But but let's let's for a second. I mean, but at some point, you know, as you said, jumping out of airplanes, you feel yeah. fear. Okay, I mean, so fear fear is fear is is something we we all have to deal with. It depends, you know. Some of yes. us have to deal with the jumping out of airplanes. Yeah. Others have to deal with it in speaking in a in a room in front of uh, you know right. uh, a few hundred people. Right. Different people have different things that scare them. Um. There's there's something about conquering fear. Uh, that gives you that confidence. Obviously, you know, as I'm, it's very interesting, PJ. As I'm listening to, to General Smith, I'm thinking about the other guests we've had here, mm-hmm. none of whom I think uh, served in the military, at least not in that these senior roles. We have had, uh, you know, Undersecretary of Commerce uh, Francisco Sanchez, and and uh, and he also had some interesting, similar things to say about service and and mentorship. But I feel like we are seeing the difference between someone who's spent his career in the military and people who haven't, because I think you have a uh, Fear doesn't, this is going to sound ridiculous, but fear doesn't scare you. I think most people, most people uh, find fear sometimes paralyzing. Right. Uh, and I, I think that you view fear in an entirely different light. Um, well, I mean, to, to be honest, you know, everybody has things that they can be fearful of, but it, it, it doesn't drive what I need to do or the things I got to do. Because of what I'm called to do, and I, and I don't want to be deep for your listeners, but why not? Let, let, let's, deep. let's 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 weigh it. So so is this fear high enough for me to stop me from what I'm called to do? The answer is no, because what I'm called to do is more important than anything that I could be afraid of. Uh, what I, I perceive to be afraid of, right? Because um, most of the time, something that we're fearful of once we conquer is like, well, was it really that bad? And you know what? Sometimes it may have been bad in the moment. Yeah. But but it was um it was for a reason. I I I I hung something over my desk this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's short and it's from um uh, uh it's it's a quote from at love at the love change. That's the uh people that put that out. It says I'm allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Everything I thought was happening to me is actually happening for me. Mm-hmm. I trust in divine times. I know my life is meant for amazing things. There's nothing handed to me that I can't overcome. My resilience is a reflection of my purpose. And I thought, wow, this is really, you know, with everything we're doing in Braving Business, with everything I'm going through in my personal life, with everything we we go through as, as human beings. Right. That seemed like a a, a message that resonated with me. Yeah. Um, I, I think collectively, though, we uh, we're all responsible for helping each other through the journey. And so, you know, when we don't talk about it, then we think that it's just us, you know, and, and I appreciate you sharing that before we came on the net about what was going on, because we built that level of trust, right? Because that's yeah. another subject we could come back to. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. The, the, the thing is that if we as leaders show that vulnerability about trust, or show that vulnerability about the challenges or struggles that we have, again, it frees everybody else up to say, it's okay to say, I'm not having a good day. It's okay to say, my kids were sick last night. Well, Roger that. Stay at home, right? You'd be more effective taking care of them than trying to rush into the office 
be calling all the time on the phone, see how the kids are doing. I want you ready to go. But a leader does that because they, they provide that climate, that vision of the organization to do it. Allowing their people to be present as well. Yes, you got it. You got it, PJ. Yeah. Well done, yeah. PJ. I'm yeah. impressed. Hey, so the other part that you want to do is, is uh, I learned this at Fort Bragg too, now Fort Liberty, is you want to create these things called little groups of paratroopers. So if you look back in the history, even when when we had uh, Operation Market, Market Garden, you know, the start of Normandy, these guys went to places and they dropped in the places where they thought they were supposed to be, but they didn't land where they were supposed to be. But they understood their mission, right? And so they went and as little groups of, of soldiers, paratroopers, and created havoc. And so you, you want to create little groups of, you put your name in there, in a positive way. So you create people like, I want to be like him or I want to be like her because I take all the positive attributes and I create those same type of thing. And that's what we, we kind of do at uh, Association United States Army. We haven't even talked about that yet. We got to talk about that. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Why we, am I at AUSA? Why you want to know why? I do. I also want to hear about your podcast. Yeah. But we want to talk about the podcast. One thing at so a time. So General Brown comes to me six months before I retire. I'm still the inspector general. He's retired. He says, hey, Les. And he's one of my mentors. I've known him for a long time. What are you going to do next? Mm, I don't know. This, that, and the other. I'm developing a board board practice. I said, you ever thought about coming to Association of the United States Army? Hmm? Oh, really? What will I do? Well, we're standing up this great thing called the Center for Leadership, and you'll be in charge of education and program. Hmm. Well, I get to talk about all the things that I did as the Inspector General, but then I can help fix it? Wow. So the army, the army's association is Association of the United States Army. So we're responsible for helping to educate, inform, and connect people in the army, people to the army, and people throughout the army together. We could do things I can do out of uniform that I could never do in uniform. And we're, we're responsible to help tell the army story. We don't necessarily do a great job. Provide support to soldiers and their families and veterans and communities. But it's, I'm like, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm fired up every day. <laughs> That's I awesome. Love it. And so, how about the podcast? Yeah, talk talk podcast. about the podcast. Yeah, for a it's called, just it's called the Army Matters. And uh, you can find it on uh, all your, your podcast locations. And, and I'm one of the co-hosts. So I, I know how this thing goes. Me and uh, the, the 15 Sergeant of the Army, Dan Daly, we have great people coming on. We talk about all different types of topics from uh, somebody who named their kid Army. Um, <laughs> and it's true, Army. And then uh, also to, uh, but I'm gonna I'm not gonna tell a whole lot more because you got to listen to the podcast and just really great stories about. We just did one with uh, we just renamed Fort Lee to Fort Arthur Gregg. We talked to uh, General Arthur Gregg for like an hour. He's oh, 94 awesome. years old. Wow, it's just and great. Does I mean, he still have it? Is he still sharp? He's he's still very sharp. I mean, it was yeah. like he still drives his own Lexus hybrid. Uh, and I was like, sir, you're driving yourself. Oh yeah. I love this car. Uh, you know, just jumps in the car. Choo, he's out and does what he does. And it, it, it's, it's so powerful. And it, it keeps me motivated. But when you get a chance to listen, you're going to have a lot of fun. You know, you know the guy who it. did, uh, the guy did a uh, uh, restaurant impossible. Mm-hmm. No, I can't say I do. Is that a yeah. television show? Yes. Yeah, television show. You, uh-huh. you don't know about that. Yeah. I he's, don't. He, he's been on our podcast. He's, uh, helped us out with, uh, uh, with soldiers. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Is he, and, is he uh, trying to play soldiers in, in, in careers? He is. 
Mm-hmm. It has. And uh, it does a lot of good things. Robert Irvine, Chef Robert Irvine is uh, is a, a great guy. When I mean, you see him, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, we just awesome. got a lot of, lot of great, great topics. Um, the person who had the child named Army, please, yes. please let there be four other siblings. Uh, yes, I think that's fair. Right? All the branches need to be represented. Yes, no, yes. no, no, no. Wait, wait, did you include I, I the Coast Guard in that, yes, CJ? I, Is the yes, co- I did. Okay, great. I, I won't tell you her name, but I want you to listen to the podcast because I want you to. But she, <laughs> she, has, a, she has a new movie out. It's called uh, Lioness. Okay. Yes, I think well, it's on Netflix. So you should go I'll check, check it, it out. out. Yeah, I will. Right. That sounds, her, that her, sounds... her name is, I'll tell you, it's, it's Jill Wagner. Her and her husband, uh, her husband's in the, in the army and uh, doing great and wonderful things in the army reserve, doing great and wonderful things. Oh, so. I know Jill Wagner. She's been in a bunch of uh, Hallmark movies. Yeah. And yeah. she was on, what was that, that, uh, that show that people wipe out? I think she was, yep. in she was, she was the, uh, the hostess. Host. Yeah. 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 I met her. Um, gosh. A while ago, she's good friends with a person that I had on another podcast of ours that we, we kind of talked about earlier. What the parent, um, okay. uh, Cindy Cowan. Cindy Cowan is a is a Hollywood producer, and okay. uh, and that's how I got to meet Joe Wagner. That's cool. Oh, great. Small yeah, world. She's good people. It is. He's getting smaller. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's one degree of separation. Do you know that, PJ? I I have heard that, sir. Yeah, so I thought it was seven people. degrees of Kevin Bacon. No, that's no that one degree of separation of good people. Okay, okay, that's that's another. I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what I I have heard I've heard that I needed to hear this story, which yeah. is how you met your better half. Oh yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, it is a great <laughs> yeah. story. It, it, we had Georgia Southern, and uh, it was a. I'm a. Uh, a member and of then talk outside. about talk about talk about with how your conversation went with her after you got your oh, first yeah, story. Let, let me tell the story. Tell, uh, come okay. on, man. All come right. on, bro. Go ahead. This is my story, and she's okay. not on the podcast. I'm gonna tell her. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. So, so we're at a fraternity party. I'm a I'm a kappa, and uh, and so she's her and a, a roommate were carrying out food. You know, guys are always hungry. I said, hey, you guys uh, gonna finish all that food? And, uh, and she's like, uh, uh, maybe. So I follow him to the room and, and I'm like, Hey, there's somebody that likes you. She's like, who? And then, so she, she's telling the roommates, like, I'm going to let this guy get enough rope till he hangs himself. And, uh, lo and behold, the months went by. And next thing you know, we started dating and the rest is history. <laughs> so, so, uh, you know, I, I'm hey, not going to say you know- I was arrogant. I was confident. How about that? And you live with your stomach. You're arrogant. Love it. You're arrogant, but it's okay. You know what? When we're young, we just don't know any better, right? Yeah. And and yeah. arrogance is is our version of confidence. Um, but you know what? I I I when I went to your retirement ceremony afterwards, there was a, a banquet, and yeah. I had the opportunity to talk to some people who served under you, and yeah. not even necessarily in senior roles. Um, and I I heard from one of one of the actually it was the wife of uh, the person who served under you. She said, you know, uh. Mrs. Smith is like the mother of the base. I mean, she she takes she takes care of everyone. Everyone knows, yeah. you know, that that she's there. Um, I talk talk to us about that. I mean, I just yeah. I mean the the what can she tell? I mean, she I would imagine she could tell us a thing or two about oh, resilience um, being married to somebody that was deployed a lot. Almost and, definitely. I, I think yeah. the uh, we first we don't take advantage of the entire skill set. We've done podcasts before. She's on a podcast with me about. Uh, marriage and and uh, and couples. DJ, you have to have them on what the parents uh, clearly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, yeah, and and so she she would say 
uh, understanding roles and responsibilities and parts that one has to play. And she likes people just like I do. And she cares for people. And you can't, you can't fake that. Mm. Right. So, you know, just like you do with an animal, they can sniff you out. So as soon as you come, I'm serious. So as you come into the room, they know whether or not you're real or not. And those people who are real will feel it. Those who are not won't. Uh, and so that was, that was the key thing. And we knew that it, it, it's some things that she could do in places she could go that I at first never would go, never should go, but the message had to be told. And, and people, again, you have to free your, free other people up by being real. We'll always try to be real with people because it's not good to be fake because you can't hold it up for a, a long time. You know, and it, it's, you gotta be, no, how, hi, how are you doing today? Like, no, hey, how, how's everything? Tell me about yourself. I mean, be really serious about it because they know whether or not you're faking it or not. So see, you didn't tell the story. I'm going I'm to make you tell the story about, it was a couple of decades, decades later, and you, you, you get about your, your stories in general. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah you, okay, so, okay, yeah, I got another one. I, I, got, <laughs> I, I got a bunch of stories, trust me. Uh, <laughs> so I get selected for one-star general. So PJ, it's like a 0.05% select rate, right? So 6,000 6, cadets that become lieutenants. There's 40 that become general officers. You do the numbers. Mm. So I, I walk in, went, I don't know where we were. I think we were in Lindenwood. I don't know. I can't remember. I said, I come in. I say, hey, uh, honey, uh, we just made the one-star list. She says, oh, that's good. Looks up. I don't know what she was doing. She says, now, oh, that's good, honey. Now take out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that, was that it, Tal? Is that it? Okay, yeah. So That's it. So, I love that so, story. So, yeah, she, she, she definitely keeps mm-hmm. me grounded. And I have two daughters, too. So they definitely keep me grounded in things that I need to do. Is your, one of your daughters in the military? I mean, one of your daughter worked for us at our level. Is the other yeah. daughter in the military? Yeah, she's uh, she's actually, uh, and that we could talk about that for a long period of time. She's actually huh. on a fourth year of Howard, uh, medical school at Howard. Uh, and nice. if you think about it, That's we right, have a shortage that. of doctors. We have a shortage of minority doctors. Mm-hmm. There's a shortage of minority female doctors. Uh, and she didn't have to pay for college. Think about that. Wow. Think about how much it costs to go to medical school. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I can tell you how much it goes to, to how much it costs to go to Tufts. I have a son who's a Tufts, and well, somebody needs to somebody needs to well, evaluate the cost of higher education. Well, well, yeah, I know and, you. And, you, ta- you know what? You talked about him serving, and I mean, yeah. and I, I remember that. Well, I remember. You I'm talking not done with him it. yet. You just need to bring him down to Northern Virginia. I'm going to take him to lunch. He'll be done. I promise <laughs> you. I, I'm going to. You know get what? I, he, he is doing some amazing things. My That's son, good. I'm so proud of him. What yeah. is he doing? Engineer. Mechanical engineering and uh, and astrophysics. Perfect. So, I want yeah. them. I want them to come to the Corps of Engineers. Perfect. They got more civilians than military. Uh, we're gonna have that conversation. Okay. I, I, That's good. You know what? It's in, you know what he's doing right now. He's learning Hebrew. My son. I mean, nice. I'm, I'm from Israel, of course, and I speak I speak Hebrew fluently. And my son has taken it upon himself to learn Hebrew fluently, which I think nice. would be uh, useful in the military. Right? It will Israel. Be. It will be. Yeah. yeah very strong time. <laughs> But, you know, for, yep. for my kids, neither one of them paid for their undergraduate education Wow! because I was able to use the Army's GI Bill. Uh, and so this thing about service, a lot of people think that you should only do it if you can't do anything else. Frankly, we kind of don't want those. I'm not going to say we don't want those people, but you want people yeah. motivated mm. to do the things they need to do. And I will also tell you, uh, as I interact with young people today, they want to find a sense of purpose. Right. So, so our true. job is to help them find that sense of purpose. And I think, frankly, military service or some type of service provides you that opportunity to do so. 
And that's again another reason why I'm at Association United States Army. Yeah. So, so I think that's actually a great segue. We usually end all our interviews with the same question, okay. um, which is with all of what you bring to the table, your experiences, your learnings, your your life story. If you could offer one piece of advice to our listeners, it could be a word, it could be a sentence, it could be a thought, it could be anything you want, whether they're entrepreneurs, business leaders, or just trying to be good humans, living a life of purpose, what would that advice be? What would be the one piece of advice that you think everyone should walk away from this podcast with? Since I'm a retired three-star general, can I get three? Sure. Of course you can. Okay. So how could I possibly say no to you? Uh, Thank you. Thank you. First one is, (laughs) have fun in what you're doing or stop doing it. Second is build diverse people around you. And I don't mean just by your color, your skin. I'm talking about background, culture, creators. We talked, known, I knew about PJ today. Uh, and around you and watch your team grow. And then lastly, I would say is probably the most important thing. Give people the vision of where you want to go. Make it plan for them and talk about it often. And if the leader does that, Everything else happens because of them reiterating the same thing. And that just doesn't apply to business. It applies to vision. Yeah. You know, if you ask, I mean, it applies to young people. If you ask a young person, what do you want to be when you grow up? I think I started asking my kids that when they were seven or eight. And they're like, what do you mean, Dad? I want to be a ballerina. Okay, fine. But if you keep <laughs> talking about what those things are, then think about, okay, let's talk about what are the goals and objectives to get to where you want it to go or where you want to go. And then our job, as a village is to help them succeed in them. Over, as we say. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I I actually have been talking about it a lot to people. I ask people, where do you expect to be in five years? And uh, you know, it it's I think you manifest what what you want. It doesn't mean you'll you'll get it exactly the way you, you expect it to be. Uh, yeah. but if you don't really have a good clear sense that's right, what you're aiming for, your odds of getting there are very slim. So yeah. um, I, I would jump on what you're saying because I think it's uh, really it's the second, it's the same side. Uh, it's the other side of the same coin. That's Make right. a plan, have a plan, you know, and the more detailed that plan is, the more, the more chance you have of making it real. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I have one very quick question and, and Todd, we've been, I've been asking this actually often and you've provided so many great t-shirt moments for us, sir. Um, is there a quote? that is a favorite of yours or one that you live by? Um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So nice. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, the other quote I, I use a lot is uh, I always treat people with dignity and respect. And the other one is part of that is listening to your NCOs. And NCOs are those people who are responsible for you. Right? I, I use it the other way. I use it with young guys a lot of times. Listen to your NCO, that's your, your uncle's, aunt's parent, and then treat everyone with dignity and respect. And like, why are you saying that? Just think about it. Yeah. And that matters. Awesome. Our Thank guest you. today was the incredible General Leslie Smith, a dear friend, a great human being, a great American, a great role model. We are so privileged to have had you here with us today. And, uh, continued success in, in everything you're doing, uh, the stuff we're doing together and the stuff you're doing on your own. And uh, I know I speak for PJ when I say, uh, you know, uh, having you here is a real privilege oh, yeah. and not just empty words, a real privilege. I know how busy you are. I know how many things you got on your plate. And and not only did you take the time to come here, you know, we have this pretty detailed questionnaire uh, for yeah. this podcast, 
and you took the time to answer it. And uh, I mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate right. you. You're a great well, human being. Can I give you another quote before we drop? Absolutely. Yes, of course you can. Only busy people do things. <laughs> right, Tal? Right? I think so. Actually, I, mean, I love who, that. People who people who don't, who don't do a thing, they never have time to do anything. But somebody who's busy can always find the time to do the things that are important. That is so true. You know, I, 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 I recently was, someone said to me that I've lived the equivalent of 10 lives. Um, and I don't think that I have, but I think that, you know, I, I live with intensity, which can also be a hindrance sometimes. So there's a fine line, but I do want to have an impact on the world, on people. Um, and I know you do. And I think that's why people like us travel and meet each other. And then we stay in each other's circle. And I would say to our audience, if, uh, if if you're someone who wants to have an impact on the world, you heard a lot of things in this podcast, listen to it again. Uh, if whether or not we have the t-shirts, uh, you have the sayings and, and you can live them. Yeah. Uh, it's a choice. And uh, you know, every day when we wake up, we have an opportunity to choose how we want to live our lives, what impact we want to have. Um, we can be mindless or we can be mindful. And uh, you, sir, your entire life is about being mindful. And I'm very grateful to you and for you. Thank you. And that, our friends, is a wrap. Thank you so much for being with us on Braving Business. Keep braving on. And we'll see you on our next episode. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for being a part of the Braving Business Podcast listening audience. Be on the lookout for our weekly interviews with fascinating leaders in business and gain insight into their mindset of how they took to braving business in their own lives and careers. Check us out on YouTube, LinkedIn, and all of your favorite streaming services. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time on the Braving Business Podcast. 